The reading tonight is from Luke chapter 4 and can be found on page 1031. 1031, Luke chapter 4, starting at verse 31. Luke chapter 4, verse 31. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out to the top of his voice, Go away! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words are these? With authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits, and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Amen. Thank you for reading. So do keep that open uh, as we look at it together. Uh, I wonder if you'd be able to tell me what you think the top five grossing films of 2019 would be. Any ideas? Muriel, you know? Nicholas knows. Well done for volunteering your husband. Nicholas? Endgame, you got the number one. Number one, here they are, top five. Number one, uh, Avengers Endgame. Any seconds? Pardon? Am I? I sound really loud to myself. Am I? Oh! (laughs) Now I sound even louder. Oh, did you hear that first bit? Don't need a mic. Uh, Top five. Uh, Hopefully they'll come up in a second, maybe. There they are, top five. Uh, Avengers Endgame. Lion King was number two. Uh, number three, personal favourite, Frozen 2. Number four, Toy Story 4. Uh, and number five, Captain Marvel. The Avengers made something like $900 million at the box office. It was seen by almost 100 million people at the cinema. I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? That is a popular film. Um, but did you notice anything about them? It might not be surprising. But as I, as I thought about these films, something does uh, link them all together because really at the heart of them um, is a good overcoming evil story. And we love that narrative, don't we? Good overcoming evil. Uh, the Avengers overcoming Thanos. Simba overcoming Scar. If you haven't seen, it, seen either of those films, I've just ruined them for you. Um, but these stories, they entertain us. We enjoy a good against evil Story, And I wonder if part of that is because it keeps evil at a distance from us. It depersonalizes evil. Evil becomes consigned to a fantasy world, a make-believe world. Evil is something that is trivialized or maybe even sanitized. Those who are supposedly evil are often quite likable. I quite like Scar in The Lion King. You even sometimes find in yourself sympathizing with the evil side or finding the good side a little bit annoying. But if we stop and look at the world around us, 
Just watch the news uh, at the moment. The reality of evil is pressed home. Maybe you don't even need to look at the news. Maybe the reality uh, of evil is closer to home at work or at school with friends or or family or, or things that have happened to you. We feel it. We can't ignore it, the reality of evil, the uncomfortableness of it in our world, our desire to see it overcome and dealt with. Well, our passage uh, in Luke this evening is going to help us think a bit about that and a bit about why Jesus uh, can help us face evil. So I've just got a couple of points I'd love us to see. And the first is this. Jesus has authority over evil. We start uh, our narrative uh, in verse 31 in Capernaum, uh, a major Jewish center on the northwestern uh, shore of Lake Galilee. And there Jesus is uh, teaching in the Sabbath, on the Sabbath in the synagogue. Uh, and the people are amazed. They're amazed because his words have authority. Jesus is different to others. His teaching is different to others precisely because of who he is. At uni, I spent uh, quite a lot of time studying the civil rights movement, and I had a number of supervisors who were really, really helpful, uh, taught me really well. Uh, And when I came to do my final year, I decided to do a dissertation on Martin Luther King. Uh, And the supervisor that I got ended up being a guy called David Garrow. That name might mean absolutely nothing to you guys, but his name, there he is, his name was on every book that I'd read either as an author or as someone who'd written a foreword or an introduction or a review, because he was the main man. His biography of Martin Luther King won the Pulitzer Prize, which I'm led to believe is really impressive. And when I had my supervisions with him, his teaching was different. It was authoritative because of who he was. He was the expert on it. Well, in the synagogue... Now, the guys who would teach would would do so from the Torah. Well, here was Jesus, the very author of the Torah. His name might not be written on it, but he wrote it. There he is, teaching them, the author of the Torah, teaching them, the very one the Torah was about, teaching them. That's why his teaching is authoritative. It's divinely authoritative in substance and manner because of who he is. So it's no wonder the people are amazed. You can imagine them hanging on every word of Jesus. Eyes open, maybe mouths open as well. You could hear a pin drop as he teaches. And then out of nowhere, go away! A cry of go away! Can you imagine next Sunday uh, if, when Saul was preaching, uh, I stood up and simply shouted at them, go away. Being in Cambridge, none of us would do anything. We'd sit there awkwardly uh, waiting for someone else to do something about it. One of those peel your skin off moments. But this isn't, this isn't in Luke just an awkward moment. That's not what it is. It's a confrontation. It's a challenge to Jesus. Let me read verses 33 and 34 again. 
In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. The confrontation is clear. On one side, Jesus, the Holy One of God. And as Luke's already made clear, God's divine Son, anointed empowered to fulfill God's promises. And on the other side, this demon, called an impure spirit, giving, giving us a bit of a moral description. This demon is ungodly. Jesus and the demon. But did you notice, did you notice that when the demon is talking, he refers to himself twice as us. And, and, can maybe tell us that this demon has recognized Jesus hasn't come just to confront him, this one demon. Us implies that this, this demon has recognized that Jesus has come to confront and conquer all demons, all evil. Those battle lines have already been drawn in Luke when Jesus overcomes the devil in the wilderness. Jesus has come to fight all evil and the one behind it, Satan. And this is a fight where there is no blurred lines between good and evil. There's no likability or sympathizing. There's nothing blasé. There's nothing trivial. But there is one clear winner. There is one clear authority here verse 35 just look at it with me be quiet Jesus said sternly come out of him then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him Jesus speaks and the demon is silenced Jesus speaks and this evil power is brought into submission Jesus speaks and this man is freed from the power of the demon Jesus has the authority here. And Luke doesn't want us to miss that. It bookends this little bit of the narrative for us. Luke repeats the authoritative word in verse 32, now in verse 36. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words are these? These are, with authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits and they come out. His teaching was divinely authoritative verse 32 and now we see in verse 36 the word of Jesus also having a divine enactment a no contest authority over demonic powers Jesus' word and his work are one and the same they are powerful and authoritative they're showing us the truths about who Jesus is that Luke has been mapping out for us. Jesus, God's divine son, anointed and empowered to fulfill his promises. Here he is showing that. Showing it in his authority over evil. He is stronger than evil. And the second thing uh, I'd love us to see tonight is that he uses that authority to save he uses it to save this man. 
See, this miracle is also recorded in Mark's gospel. Um, but Luke has included a detail that Mark didn't. Here they are. I'll give you a second to try and spot the difference. I was about to say, raise your hand if you've got it, but that. No. Anyone see it? Anyone want to shout it out? Without injuring him, yes. Without injuring him, the man isn't injured. That's an interesting detail, isn't it, that Luke includes? Maybe not surprising, given his doctor, he's been a bit of a, he's a doctor. But this man, this man has been thrown down by this demon. This was, this was violent. This wasn't simply falling over. As he's, a, as he's left this man, he's been forced out, he's attempted to leave a damaging mark on him. Now, if, if, I, was to, if I was to throw uh, Pete Chambers to the ground, or more realistically, if Pete Chambers was to throw me uh, to the ground, uh, I'm pretty sure, and if he was to do it violently, which he obviously won't, uh, my guess would be that I'd probably get a bit hurt. Maybe a bruise. Maybe something worse. But here, despite this demon throwing this man down violently as he's forced to leave, nothing. The man is uninjured. Jesus saves the man from the control of the demon and from the harm the demon looked to cause him. Now, we're not told uh, here whether this man then became a follower of Jesus. But I reckon Luke tells us these details to really hammer home that Jesus has used his authority over evil to save this man. I mean, that's incredible. No wonder the people are amazed by it. And what is maybe more incredible is that this authority would also be used to save you and me. Jesus uses it to save us. We start tonight by thinking about how evil isn't something that's consigned to a film or a book. How we see it, we feel it in the world around us and in our own lives. I'm not saying this even that we necessarily need saving from demonic spirits now. But evil is a reality we face in sin and suffering. We battle sin. Temptations and addictions. Pride. Fear of man. Idols of academic success. Careers, money. Sin that Satan would love to use to turn us away from God, to ignore God. Sin that leads to death. And we face suffering. Suffering that comes from a broken world where there are things like coronavirus. Suffering that comes at the hands of others. Users, misusers, and abusers. Suffering that can seem to be the opposite of all the goodness of God. Those things aren't distant, are they? They're not trivial to us. We feel them. And we need saving from them. Because we can't save ourselves. And friends, Jesus has authority over evil. He's stronger than evil. He's defeated 
evil. That was the plan from the very beginning. He's the long-promised serpent crusher from Genesis. Jesus defeated the devil in the wilderness. He overcame him there. Here in Luke, he frees a man from a demon. And in Luke, we will find him on the way. On the way to the cross, where we would have a decisive victory over Satan and evil. His cry of, it is finished, on the cross wasn't a cry of defeat. It was a victory cry. His death on the cross and his resurrection was the decisive victory over Satan and evil, setting us free from sin, delivering us from death, crushing Satan. Christ wins, evil loses. That's why J.C. Ryle can write about this passage this Christ is the appointed healer of every evil which sin has brought into the world. Christ is the true antidote and remedy for all the soul-ruining mischief which Satan has wrought on mankind. In him is life and health and liberty. Eternity with Christ, there will be no more evil. There will be no more sin. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more death. For those who belong to Christ, who follow him, we read in Revelation... 21, he will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Now that's something to be amazed by, isn't it? As we finish, we know, don't we, that we live in the aftermath of this victory of the cross. But we're still waiting for the final destruction of Satan and evil when Jesus returns. And until then, until then, we'll still be confronted with Satan and evil. We will still battle sin and we'll still face suffering. It is a fight to the end. But in it, Jesus is the winner. And those who belong to him are on the winning side. So let me just give two very brief encouragements at the end now for us. And the first is this. Stand fast on God's word. It's Jesus' words that have authority in our passage, isn't it? It's his words that free this man from the demon. And it's his word, the Bible, that still has authority as we face evil. That's what Ephesians 6 is all about when it talks about putting on the armor of God to fight evil. The belt of truth, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit. It's in his word that we find out the truth about who we are in Christ. If God is our Father, why be afraid? If we're loved with an everlasting love, why try and prove ourselves to the world? And it's in his word we hear his promises to us. Promises that fuel obedience as we fight sin. Promises that give us hope as we face suffering. Stand fast on God's word. And secondly, stand firm with the Spirit's help. The very Spirit of Christ that overcame the demon Luke is in us, giving us power to face evil. It's the Holy Spirit that works in us, empowers us so that we can be obedient and bear fruit. 
The Spirit is a light to us. It exposes our sin so that we can turn away. It illuminates God's Word to us so we can better understand it. It reveals Christ to us. So trust in and pray for the power of the Spirit as we seek help this week against sin and as we face suffering. I realize this passage tonight um, and I haven't explained the problem of evil and there are are many questions that might go along with it. But what Luke does here is open our eyes to who Jesus is and why we follow him because he is the one who has authority over all evil. He's the one who saves us from it. One indestructible foundation of hope for us as we battle sin and face suffering. What a hope to be amazed by and rejoice in. I'm going to invite the band back up uh, and I'm going to pray uh, in a moment um, because after we've prayed, we're going to sing a couple of songs praising and rejoicing into the, in the wonderful name of Jesus who has authority, who has no rival, who has no equal, who will reign forever. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he came Thank you that he has authority over evil and that he died for us on the cross, overcoming sin, overcoming death, so that we could be freed from it, so that we can come to him in eternity, free from sin, free from suffering, no more evil, and rejoice with him forever.